The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Inspired, informed, motivated, and recharged on radio's favorite power hour, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with your hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Every day is a stellar day on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Let's get this party started. Cynthia will be back to kick it all off after this break. is talking the world talk radio variety channel apathy violence and negative messages are everyday occurrences in our country you can be a change maker when you dare to care by supporting be the star you are charity a 501c3 that empowers women families and youth through improved literacy positive media and tools for living visit www.bethestarur.org to find out how you can make a difference in our world Everyone counts. That web address again is www.bethestarur.org. Bethestarur.org. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Be the Star You Are is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation to improve literacy and positive media. All contributions and donations are tax deductible. To comment on today's show, please call in toll-free at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Or send an email to info at bethestarur.org. Now back to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Be the star you are. Well, welcome, all you power partners, to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, where we are always happy to bring you the experts that will help you expand your life. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are, of course, and I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Whitney. And we are the Stella Donut Goddess Gals with you every week, helping you in, be inspired and motivated to live a great life. Well, we've got a real fun show for you today, hopefully very informative. Heather and I are going to start off the top of the hour talking about the cruelty to chihuahuas, something that we really have a 
um, heart four because we care about animals. In the second segment, I'm going to just give you a sneak preview of a, a free teleclass that I'll be doing next week that's called The Juggling Act. It's how to balance your life, keep your balls in the air, you know, so that we can have a little more life balance and not struggle so much. And then in segment three, you're going to meet a very inspirational woman, an author and a caregiver. Of Her uh, book is called Watchful Eyes, and it is the story of her taking care of her sister who was put um, had some mental disorders you will be inspired by that so stay with us through the whole hour and you will be able to live your life more fully and smile have fun and be wild and crazy well Emmanuel Kant said we can judge the heart of a man by the treatment of his animals and I think that when we look at other people and when we look at the world we live in, it is such a true statement that when we take care of our animals, we're really taking care of ourselves. What's been happening in the recent months, I guess maybe in actually the past year or so, is California has had more chihuahuas, these little adorable dogs that weigh a few pounds, <laughs> than it can handle. And it seems that Hollywood may be to blame. In fact, up north here in San Francisco and Oakland, the shelters are so packed with little chihuahua dogs, they have started to ship them out of state. They've had to ship them to Washington and Oregon, Arizona, and, of course, New York is the big uh, New York City. So Heather being the owner of an adopted and abandoned little chihuahua that she loves dearly, when we heard about this, she really wanted to do a show about it. So, Heather, why is it? What's going on here? Is this the Paris Hilton? Well, uh, we definitely have a sweet spot of our show mascot is Little Miss Dulce Dog, our Chihuahua. Who comes and, um, into the radio studio with us. <laughs> yeah, if you check out our website, we have pictures of us. She's just the light of the world. Well, you know something so fascinating, living here in the Golden State myself, um, you know, I was one of those people actually growing up. I never liked little dogs. It's kind of that similar that thing of never imagined your life with something, and now I can't imagine it without. Well, and because we always had big dogs. Definitely, you know, and it just didn't seem for the lifestyle we were living. And that's something also really uh, important when people are choosing a dog is to uh, look at your lifestyle, look at the size of your home, you know, your availability to be home, all those kinds of things. Is growing up, we had a big giant backyard which is great for big dogs and we were uh, out a lot so our dogs could be outside dogs chihuahuas are a very different kind of breed um but here in san diego or excuse me here in california it just seems like there's been this overpopulation and it really you know there as you were mentioning it, they, they contribute a lot to hollywood the big paris hilton thing and our little dog tinkerbell and and then beverly hills chihuahuas came out um, you know, this big popularity of having these itsy-bitty little dogs. And yeah, that you could put in your purse or your pocket. Exactly. And it's kind of something, you know, there's always been these unfortunate trends. It's that something is little in a sense that a chihuahua, in a way, is a perma-puppy. That it forever, you know, grow, if they start, they are born, why they're kind of nicknamed rat dogs is when they are, it's, when they are first born, they literally look like mice. They are so tiny. And do there's different uh, different breeds and different mixtures of chihuahuas, but for the most part they stay very little under ten pounds. And people, you know, forever whenever they get animals, they love when it's a kitten or a baby chick or a puppy. But a lot of times people don't realize these turn into big dogs. 
And that's something, you know, a big problem there's always been at Easter time is that parents will buy their kids bunnies, kittens, uh, baby chicks, little to know that the baby chick turns into the rooster, the rabbit turns into, you know, this nonstop breeding thing. So the (laughs) the kitten turns into a cat. And people, you know, they don't have places to go. They just abandon them. They take them to shelters. And so a big thing with these chihuahuas is people get them thinking, in a sense, um, there there even is a breed of chihuahua called a toy chihuahua because it's so tiny. Um, What kind of chihuahua is Dulce? Do you know? Because she's only three pounds, right? Yeah, I don't believe, unfortunately, because she was You adopted her. Yeah, she she was a you know a pound puppy in that sense. I don't really have um, the correct information on her, but that's actually something um, I recommend to people. And I'm sorry, jumping all over the place here with things, but it's definitely important if you're thinking of getting um, a dog or getting a chihuahua. Please um, avoid going to puppy mills or private breeders. Um, a lot of times, you know, people, as you just said, you want to know what kind of breed or if she's purebred. Twenty-five percent of pets in shelters are all purebred. Um, and that's, you know, so these are sometimes $1,000 dogs that people just disregard, just um, discard anymore. So that's always something, too. There are so many animals um, filled in the shelters, and the shelters are getting smaller and smaller, and they can only keep these animals for so long um, before they have to euthanize them. And um, so it's it's so amazing, you know, if you can go into these shelters. A lot of times they have puppies in there. They have purebreds. They have the kind of dogs you're looking for, and they have it for different lifestyles. Um, and that that's a big thing, too. A lot of times with these people with chihuahuas, as I said, people seem to just think it's a toy. You, it's cute. You put it in your purse. You can take it to a party. Almost like it's more of an accessory. And unfortunately, just how accessories and handbags go out of fashion, people have treated these chihuahuas like that, that suddenly, you know, it wasn't cool to have anymore. Or they realized, wow, this is a lot more responsibility than a purse. And um, so people are just abandoning their dogs or bringing them to these shelters. And here in California, um, as I noted, it possibly it's a California thing. It's the Paris Hilton. It's the cool, hip, um, people wanting that new handbag, a.k.a. a chihuahua. Here in California in the last 12 months, 4,700 chihuahuas um, have gone into just the Los Angeles animal shelter. That's just in one That's city. in one city. That's just in one city. And, um, you know, and unfortunately, as you said earlier, they're having to ship these dogs out. There's just no more room for them anymore. And it's fantastic. There's, they've actually set up specialized shelters, chihuahua shelters, um, for this. It's, it's heartbreaking in a sense. Um, but that brings me to another point is when people, when they want to get a pet, really know your lifestyle. Chihuahuas are a fantastic, a fantastic dog. They're loving, they're loyal, but they have they have a lot of um, you know kind of little quirks to them that people need to be aware of. Um, if you have little kids, these uh, you know when they're puppies, they can nip, bite. They're really kind of anxious and shivery, and they're very and they're very small and very delicate. And if you have little kids, um, it's just you know there's a lot of chance that they could possibly break or kill. Uh, the Chihuahua, because kids you know, have a tendency to be kind of rough with um, anim- you know, small animals. And so that's something to make in your lifestyle. They demand a lot of attention. This isn't a dog that's going to be able to be an outside dog. They're very temperamental to uh, climate. That's why you see a lot of them in Southern California, uh, because it's warm here. And when you're only three pounds, uh, you know, cl- a couple degrees is very big. I know for my dog in the winter, though, I think it's absolutely horrid to dress your animal up. Your dog does not want to wear that sweater. 
um, when I first got my chihuahua, I, I really wanted to be, you know, a good mom in that sense. And I didn't know a lot about the breed. And uh, she, had, in a way, had just fallen into my lap of this pound puppy. And uh, so getting to know about the breed, and it even said in the book that um, because of if you're going to be in a colder climate, please, you know, put some kind of clothing on your dog, a jacket, you know, a jacket, so a dog sweater. But they um, don't in the like winter, it usually. Keep it warm. Huh? She doesn't like it. That's the problem. Oh, and, you know, and of course, and I think it's just like all things. I have friends who, it, I swear their dogs love clothes, like want to be dressed up. Dulce is not one of them. She is that little kid that can't wait to get home from school and rip off her clothes. <laughs> and uh, so she has never been a fan of the clothes. But I just, you know, one time, and that's in thinking about your location. She's a good dog to have here in San Diego. But while we have family in Tahoe, we tried taking her to Tahoe one time, and she literally almost died. It was so cold. So when when uh, deciding to adopt, and I do recommend, please, there's a website called adopt dot com or adopt a pet adopt a pet dot com. Excuse me. Um, I went on there to look at Chihuahuas for um, our show today. But you can basically put in your zip code, uh, the sex of the dog you want, the color you want, the age. You can really pick exactly what you want. Um, you know, for those people that say, oh, I'm not going to find what I want in a shelter. I need to go to a, a, to a breeder. No, you can put down to a T how old, you know, the temperament, what kind of family it's had, um, you know, if it has any health conditions, if it has any of these little quirks, to find a home for these animals, help save a life. And animals, as we've always told, are the greatest therapy, are the greatest gift. If, uh, you know, if you're thinking about having a kid, I recommend you get a dog first. Or if kids aren't in your thing, get a dog for that love and companionship. Uh, as I said with Dulce, is growing up, we had a lot of room, a lot of space. It was colder climate, so it made more sense to have a big dog. Here in San Diego, I have less room. It's hotter climates, uh, smaller space, and so it's more practical for me to have a small dog. So make those... Think about those considerations um, and just think about also, too, when you're getting a dog that it's, it's equally, it's now a member of your family. So you know, and Heather, that's what I was going to jump in and say is, is that we really can't get any kind of pet just as a fad or just as on a whim. You really have to think about the long term because most dogs will have a life of anywhere from 10 to 15 years. You know, if, if you were to get a parrot, it could live longer than you, live 70 years. But we have to respect the animal kingdom. And so we, when we decide we're going to get a pet, you just don't run out and get one. And when you were giving the information about the website for the Chihuahuas, I just wanted to say that there are rescue agencies for almost every breed of animal. And the Internet has made it so possible for us to really take care of the animals and be able to bring in these abandoned pets. So do what Heather said and go on the Internet when you are hunting for something. But what I think also what you're trying to say is do your homework and make sure you really have the time, the energy, the money, and the love to give. Hey, com- complete, is my whole thing is don't view a pet as a pet. View it as your family member. It breaks my heart. When people, you know, are moving from a house to an apartment and say, "Oh, I can't take my dog with me, so we're just going to get rid of it." Well, you I know, view it as view it as your kid is that you can't, you know, are you going to abandon your kid? Think about these things. Think about cost, how much it's going to cost for you to feed. Uh, you know, it's just as if it was a child of how they're going to have medical expenses. The reward, the emotional reward, is so much, and you're helping a life, you're helping yourself. That always think about these things. 
um, because we want to keep we want to keep uh, these pets in homes and not in shelters. Well, you know, next week we're going to be doing a show about healthy hearts and how to keep your heart, you know, in good shape. And one of the number one things that you can do to prevent heart disease is to pet a pet, is to have an animal in your family that you treat like family. And so just because it's becoming Heart Month, that's just another reason that you want to have a family member be either a feathered, finned, or furred, you know, animal. And what I was going to say is today you'll love this. I went up to the barnyard, and we got our first goose egg of the season. All right. I'm so excited. My little mama goose laid this great big, huge egg. And the funniest thing is, is she sat in the nest that the banny chicken sits in, and the banny, I have this little pencil banny, and her eggs are about the size of my thumb. I mean, they're so small, they're like a quail egg. So here was this big, <laughs> giant egg that would make an omelet all by itself next to this little teeny, tiny thing. But talking about abandoning, that's how we've gotten all the animals in the barnyard is that they were abandoned, including little Miss Piggy, who mm-hmm. somebody moved away and left her to die and mm-hmm. just left her in a pen to die. So we have to be, we just have to be conscious. You know, we would not want to be treated that way. And as Heather said, is the pets are part of our family. You treat them with the love and respect that you would treat one another. Heather, did you want to give out that website for the Chihuahuas one more time? Most definitely. And as you said, it's so great for all breeds. It's adoptapet.com. I went on there and just looked on Chihuahuas, but as you said, you can type in any breed there, and it will give you a full synopsis of all the different kinds, the do's, the don'ts, uh, where you can find it. It has it has locations for every single state. They will find the closest thing um, you can stay in a 10-mile radius, 50-mile. They will find a shelter and adopt a center anywhere for you, uh, exactly to your specification. Of the Excellent. Kind of dog well, Heather, for. obviously, like always, another great segment so we want to thank you for uh, staying with us when we come back from break. We're going to do a little bit of a juggling act. I'm going to give you a little, a few tips on how to balance your life. Why don't you give out your website, Heather? Most definitely. You can go to myspace.com forward slash Carmony Clutches, both with a K. You can go to be the star you are.org, be the star you are.com, and check us out, help, donate. Buy some books, Be the Star You Are for teens, fantastic. Valentine's Day is coming up. Give it to someone you love. All right. Well, way to go, Heather. We'll be back in a bit. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Whitney. Well, don't go away. We're going to be still here. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Taking the high road begins by learning to navigate through life's challenges while suppressing the need to always be right. Be open and realize there are lessons to learn from any situation. Every person's opinion has merit and can help you move towards your ultimate goal. Be optimistic, avoid all forms of negativity, and you're going to create far more opportunities for success. Here are a few things you can do. Stay positive even when you don't feel like it. You want to keep a close eye on the big picture. Speak from real world experience because it really validates your intelligence and your competence. Be an encourager. The language you use affects 
all of your actions. It's really important that you don't criticize people and instead that you become their cheerleaders. Consistently move forward. Believe that positive outcomes are always achievable if you work with others to create good strategies. You'll be amazed at how people rally when they feel they are moving towards a successful resolution. Handle both success and setbacks with an even temperament. Your circumstances will continue to change. When a great success occurs, acknowledge the contributions of everyone involved. This really boosts other people and encourages collaboration. Taking the high road isn't always easy. It requires practice and perseverance to find the silver lining in every challenge, whether it's business or life. But be steady, keep at it, and you'll, the daunting task will seem manageable. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business fight from Star Style. For more information or coaching, go to star-style.com. Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature Star Style consultations. With personalized sessions by phone or in person, you'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7888. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com You can be the star you are. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Be the Star You Are is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation to improve literacy and positive media. All contributions and donations are tax deductible. To comment on today's show, please call in toll-free at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Or send an email to info at bethestarur.org. Now back to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Be the star you are. Well, we're back. I love that segment on dogs and chihuahuas. Uh, Little Miss Dulce is the most adorable little dog. It really bothers me so much to think that people are getting any kind of pet and then just abandoning them. That is just a horrific thing to do. If you want to see pictures of Dulce, make sure that you go to our radio website at starstyleradio.com and you can see a couple pictures of Heather with little Miss Dulce. And when we were uh, broadcasting out of the San Diego studios, Dulce was always in the studio with us. So we always laughed and said she was our, our studio puppy. Well, I wanted to talk a little bit today about uh, life balance. Now, next week, actually, on February 3rd at 6 p.m. Pacific Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, I'm going to be hosting a free teleclass that's called A Juggling Act, How to Balance Your Life and Keep the Balls in the Air, because, you know, these times are stressful. And this is a course that I actually teach around the country. It's a continuing education unit program that I have been doing, and, of course, I normally get paid for this, but 
I'm going to be offering it to all of our listeners and any of my friends and all of my the people that I am fans of, and, and I just want to help as many people as possible get their life on track to figure out where they need a little bit more help and maybe just get life turned around. Because here at Star Style Productions, I'm really dedicated to helping others discover their unique talents and their gifts so that you can live a life of purpose, of passion, and of prosperity. And I like to do everything with a lot of integrity. I really believe that without integrity, we have nothing. So it's critical that we go on our path every day and we have work that we love and that you can all be the stars that you were born to be. Now, the URL to get to register for the Life Balance course, a juggling act, that is through the Global Teleclass, which is a learning. It's really great because you don't have to travel, so it's called Learning Without Traveling. I like that. And, again, you can register for free. But the URL is so long, I'm not going to give it out on the radio. Instead, go to... Today's radio show, which is January 28th, and go to starstyleradio.com, click on the January 28th radio show, and then you'll see a juggling act link. So you can just click on that, get registered for free, and I hope that you'll learn something. And if you do, even if you get one little pearl of wisdom, make sure that you send me a, send me a note and let me know how it's affecting your life. Well, Winston Churchill said that it's a mistake to try to look too far ahead. The chain of destiny can only be grasped one link at a time. And this is so true. It's like every step that we take is leading towards our success or our failure in life. You know, fools never learn from their mistakes. Smart people learn from their mistakes. And wise people learn from other people's mistakes. And as you know, if you've been listening to me for a long time, I don't believe in mistakes at all. I believe that failure is fertilizer. When you make a mistake, you put it on the compost pile, you grow a new garden, and that's what it's all about. So why don't we learn from other people's mistakes? And, uh, you know, uh, there was a quote by Mark Twain that always made a lot of sense to me, and it was, keep away from people who try to belittle your ambitions. Small people always do that, but the really great people make you feel that you too can become great. And this is what I have always uh, attempted to do is to see people as I know they can be, and then they'll strive to be that. So that's what the meaning of be the star you are is, is to really and truly treat people not only the way you want to be treated, but the way that you know that can make them be the best they can be. Well, when we're thinking about life balance, what you have to ask yourself is what makes you jump out of bed in the morning? What gets you excited? Do you wake up in the morning and go, oh, God, it's morning, and I'm so excited, and you're ready to rock and roll? Or do you wake up and say, oh, God, it's morning? There's a real difference between those two phrases. It's the same words, but it's the way you feel. So what's the passion that's driving your daily work ethic? Do you know what makes you laugh? Are you laughing for at least, at least three to four minutes a day? Preferably, you need to laugh 30 minutes a day. Again, if we're trying to take care of our hearts, it all the statistics and research has shown that if we can have a good belly laugh any time during the day and have it total up to 30 minutes, we're going to be healthy. Do you know what your goals are and do you know how to reach your goals? Or do you feel so out of balance that you don't even know where to begin? 
You know, living is really complicated today, and we have to establish a sanctuary for recharging our batteries. My sanctuary is, actually, I guess I have three really main sanctuaries. One is my garden, which can be my daily sanctuary. By taking a walk in the garden, I can de-stress. Another one is the barnyard, where Heather and I have had all these abandoned animals that we've adopted over the years, the chickens, the ducks, the geese, the rabbits, the ghosts, the, the horses, you know, the dogs, the cats, everything that we have. And for me, every time I'm with an animal, I just decompress and feel better. And then finally, water, any body of water, whether it's the beach or a lake or a stream or even the shower, will have to do in times of that. But what do you do to recharge you? Do you exercise? Do you play with your kids? Do you do woodworking, uh, drinking wine? What is it? I mean, do you fantasize about going to a luxurious spa? you want a massage? Do you want to take a cruise? What is it that will take away your daily frustrations and your challenges? Everybody has a wish list, and we should have wish lists, but we have to whittle these down to actually make plans so that we can accomplish goals because when it's too big, we don't even start. You know, by the inch, it's a cinch. There's three things you have to do if you want to balance your life. Number one, you have to give up perfection. Instead, you've got to strive for excellence. That's my motto. I, when I, am, I am so unperfect, and I'm proud of it. I just try to do everything with excellence and everything with integrity and everything that treats people with dignity. But I know there's no perfection. Only God is perfect, and I can only hope to get there. So we strive for it. The second thing you have to do is take care of yourselves first. Who is the most important person in the room? It's you. It always has to be you. Because if you're not taking care of yourself, you have no energy to take care of anybody else. And the last one is a rule that Heather and I always talk about here on the show. And it's really the decision to, to smile, have fun, and to be wild and crazy in absolutely every area of our lives. Because do you know what? All of us, everyone that's listening to this show right now, we're all jugglers. We all have to wear many hats. We're men, women, sons, daughters, husbands, wives, lovers, parents, professionals, teachers, coaches, cleaners, window washers. It doesn't really matter what you do. But no wonder we're all drowning, you know, in a, a sea of to-do lists because we really are CEOs of our own life. And CEOs mean we are the chief everything officers. So I have delineated seven areas that you'll need to balance. And when you think about these seven areas, you are going to be able to find a little bit more stability in your life. And next week when I give the course, I will really get into, uh, into each area a little bit more. But I want to give these to you so perhaps between now and then when you sign up, you can be thinking of it. The seven areas are personal, business, financial, health, family and friends, spiritual, and your fun time. And we have to decide what is, cre- what is included in each of those areas and what is going to be the first step for you to, to balance it. You know, we all know somebody who has all their financial ducks in a row. They're real go-getters. They have flourishing businesses. They have impressive portfolios. But then their personal lives are an absolute shambles, and they don't have anybody to share their success with. I know many, many people who are multi-zillionaires, 
but yet they're not happy. They don't have a, a, a life partner. They don't have someone that they're, you know, kind of having fun with. So what fun, what is the joy of being great in one area and really lacking in all the rest? And that is the key that we want to talk about is how we bring balance. You can't be a superstar in anything if you're only in one area of your life. If you want to earn rave reviews for you, you really need to get everything together. And it is possible to focus so much on one thing that your life becomes imbalanced. It's like, it's like a car. When your car's out of balance, your wheels, you know, when your tires are out of balance and your car kind of goes boom, 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 even though it might be a brand new car, but if your, your four wheels aren't all working together, your car isn't running right. So how can you avoid this? You have to have kind of an attainable goal that is harmonic. It's something that you're going to pay attention to. And in all areas of your life, you're going to spend some time. You cannot neglect any part of those seven areas and be balanced. And I know for me, I get unbalanced all the time, and I have to rein myself back in. Fortunately, my kids have always been great with me in letting me know when I was really out of it. They, it didn't matter if it was pouring rain outside or what. When I would come home and after a hard day and they could see it on my face, they would banish me to the garden or banish me to the barnyard because they knew that those two places would immediately revive my spirits. And sure enough, as soon as I would get out there, you know, I'd start hacking away at some weeds and the rain would be running down my face. I don't know if it would be tears or rain. I would feel better. Not all of a sudden I would forget about this woe is me. So if you can visualize these seven areas of your life as columns, and if you are weak in any of them, your house is going to fall down. It'll either little by little fall apart like dry rot, or it may come tumbling down just like an avalanche. But you can strengthen the structure by reinforcing the pillars, by making them weak. And again, you have to attend to each area. You may not, you can not neglect one. They all have to be equally strong. And that's what people call balance. I know it sounds a little bit misleading because it's we can't have really we can't be so strong in all the areas then we sound like we're we're actually god but what i'm saying is that we have to we have to have spend time in each area and feel good in each area we have to make sure that if we're talking about if we say that family and friends or family is our priority then if we have a child that has a, a baseball game or we have the opportunity to stay after work and do another project, do we stay after work to do a project or do we go to the baseball game? If you have stated in your priorities that your family's first, you must go to the baseball game. So it is all about looking over the areas in your life and literally putting numbers after them and figuring out what is it that's important. What is the practical application here? What is it that's key in all situations so that I can plan and focus so that I don't neglect any of the parts of my relationships, my fun time, my spiritual time, my financial time, and my business time, or the personal time? And, you know, I can just speak to the financial time, interestingly, 
This past year has been the 10th anniversary of Be the Star You Are charity. I was also writing the book, Be the Star You Are, for teens, as well as juggling everything else I've been doing, which is coaching clients, which I love to do, coaching for acting and presentations. But what ended up happening is I didn't even get to look at my statements for about four months. So they would just pile up on my desk, and I thought, okay, I'll get to them. But by the time I had gotten to my financial statements, I had I had no idea where anything was. And it took me such a long time to get my financials back in line. Fortunately, I didn't bounce any checks. I was at least cautious with that. But, you know, I missed a few opportunities that I could have had as far as uh, perhaps selling a stock at the right time or buying something that I needed to buy. So it was very clear to me that I was out of balance when it came there to my finances. I was spending all my time helping the charity and forgetting about that. In the same light, I was forgetting about myself. So we can't do that. We have to be really honest with who we are, reflect upon our time, and decide that we want to de-stress, but by de-stressing, we're going to take care of ourselves first. So I hope that gives you a little tip. Sign up for the free teleclass uh, that I will be teaching next week called A Juggling Act. Go to starstyleradio.com for today's show, January 28th. You'll be able to see, um, get the link there, as well as get information on our next guest. Sheila Singleton, who is the author of Watchful Eyes, and she'll be with us as soon as we come back for break. I am looking forward to this. When we talk about caregiving, this woman wins the prize. I'm Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be back in a bit with Sheila. Stay with us. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature star-style consultations with personalized sessions by phone or in person. You'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7827. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com. CynthiaBryan.com. You can be the star you are. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Be the Star You Are is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation to improve literacy and positive media. All contributions and donations are tax deductible. To comment on today's show, please call in toll-free at 1-866-613-1612. 
That's 1-866-613-1612. Or send an email to info at be the star you are.org. Now back to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Be the star you are. Appreciate you staying with me here at Star Style, Be the Star You Are, where the world comes to talk and listen. And every week, as you know, we bring you incredible authors and experts that will help you move forward in life. The essence of a caregiver is endurance, tolerance, and unconditional stress-free love. Caregiving means helping, protecting, taking charge, being reliable, and feeling safe. And at times, caregiving can mean confused but always good intentions. At 25 years old, Sheila Singleton didn't know that she was going to have to make a life-changing decision. She did, and the book that she has written is called Watchful Eyes. It's her story of being a caregiver to her sister, and it will be helpful to anyone out there who is a caregiver. Welcome, Sheila, to Star Style. Be the star you are. It's a pleasure, Cynthia. Well, I want to just, first of all, applaud you for the years that you have dedicated to taking care of your sister, and then the fact that, that you went back to school so that you could learn more and actually become a trained caregiver so that you could help many more people in this. Will you tell us the story of what happened in your family and how your sister was diagnosed with a mental illness and the choice that you had to make at, at such a young age when you were a young mother yourself? Yes. I just want to say um, it's a pleasure um, coming on and speaking on your show and um, talking to the many caregivers who are out there who probably feel that they don't have anyone, but I just want them to know that I'm there for them, you know, so um, I just wanted to say uh, that I'm, I'm really excited about it, Cynthia. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, it's really an honor to meet you. When I read your book, I was so inspired because the sacrifice that you had to make, I mean, it was really a, like a supreme sacrifice, yet you did it with so much love, and you felt, you feel that you've been given back so much. But to me, you are a role model for caregivers out there, and there are so many thousands of people who are caring for a loved one that need this kind of support. And your book, Watchful Eyes, has a, uh, a lot of information in it that can help people, including in your appendix uh, the, uh, how you can identify when you're getting burned out or, or depressed. And you really encourage people to take care of themselves. But I want people to know what your story was with your sister because she was very troubled as a teenager. She was going to be committed into a mental institution, as the, the, um, the powers that be had suggested. But, but you intervened, and you had to make a choice. Were you going to put her in a mental institution, or were you going to care for her? And you took care of her, and you've been doing that for your entire life. Absolutely. I've been doing it now for the past, going on 31 years and it all started back in uh, 1977, well, shortly after my mother died in 1974. My mother died as a result of, of, of alcoholism. And prior to that, my siblings and I and myself, we were all put in a, um, they were, we were taken away from my mom. She was, char- being, she was charged with neglect, and we were put in homes 
for the uh, for neglect children, and we were separated. So we were separated for uh, for many many years. Just recently, when I say recently, I mean recently as uh, about five or six years ago, we all came back together. But getting back to uh, in '74, shortly after my mother died, my sister started exhibiting. Uh, behaviors that the uh, her counselors couldn't understand what was going on until she uh, tried to commit suicide by jumping off a 10th floor, te- floor terrace, and that's when she was hospitalized. And after that, she um, <clears throat> had some episodes of behaviors that, uh, were, that were questionable, and she couldn't focus, stay in school, so uh, the social worker uh, came uh, to my home and told me uh, this, that they were considering putting my sister in a in a mental in- institution, and that they wanted me to wanted to give me the opportunity to take her into my home, and I took a very very deep breath and I. A lot went through my head at that time, a whole lot. I was um, wondering if I can do this. I started hearing my mother's voice, the, her last words on her deathbed when she said to me, Sheila, I want you to keep the family together. And I was thinking about just being separated from my, from my siblings for uh, those years when we were taken away. And I said, you know, I I just can't go through that nightmare again. I just cannot uh, stand by and see my sister put in in an institution. And I was the only one out of my siblings who who was able to take care of her. And then it turns out, Sheila, that she was diagnosed uh, with uh, schizophrenia, correct? Yes. I mean, and she would have episodes where she would leave your home and be gone for just a very long time, you didn't know whether she was alive or dead. She, when she would show back up or when you would find her at a police station, she would be completely filthy, disheveled. I mean, the time you had to take her in and put her in the bathtub and cut her hair because she had lice, etc., she would just lose track of who she was and where she was. It was, a sad, it was sad to see the transformation. It was sad to see my sister go through that, yes. But besides the care that you were giving her and providing the home, you took it a step further, which many caregivers don't do, and this to me is what really set you apart, is you went back to school. You got a master's degree in social work. You really started studying how you were going to be a really competent caregiver. Yes, I Going back to school was a saving grace for me, and it really helped me because I needed to know what was going on. I needed to know what was happening to my sister. I needed to know where these behaviors were coming from. I needed to know why would she get up and go away and run away, and and we don't know where she's at. And then she shows up at my door looking like somebody who I've never seen before. Right. In fact, you didn't even recognize her, did you? It was like you had to really look beyond, really deep into her eyes to see that person underneath. I had to look into her eyes, Cynthia, and I, and I saw those pearly white teeth, and I knew that this person, who I didn't know who she was, was my sister, my oh. sister Nancy. 
And right away I grabbed her and brought her into the house. And then it dawned on me. I looked at her and I was like, what, is, what happened to you? Next thing you know, I took her upstairs and I gave her a bath. I put the, the, the bubble uh, bath in there for her, cut her hair because she had bugs and everything in it. And I literally washed all the dirt off of her. The water was black. Black, black. Black. And, and she and, had no awareness that this was really even happening. But, you know, what, what I found very interesting in your book, we're talking with author Sheila Singleton, who wrote the book Watchful Eyes, and Sheila has a master's degree in social work, and she's also uh, completed uh, a couple of years of postgraduate study at uh, Ackerman Institute for the Family, and you work a lot with psychology, was the, the fact that, your children and their Aunt Nancy, they got along quite well. The children seemed to really like her. They loved her. Cynthia loved her. And in the beginning, um, my son, who was older, he didn't know what was going on. They had a lot of questions. And as they got older, when they became teenagers, then I, I, I would tell them little things when they were young, like, this is your aunt, this is how she is, let's just love her. But as they got older, then I started telling them, going more in-depth about what was happening uh, to their aunt. And um, they loved her, embraced her. They became the little caregivers and helping me when I either had to go out to work or I had to go to school, and they kept an eye on her. And Cynthia, I want to say, she was also, despite her condition and the, situ the situation she was in, she was also a loving and caring person. And that's what comes out in your book, is that despite the, the challenges, and of course there's so many, there were really joyous times, and the, there was so much that you got out of making sure that she was safe and you were keeping the family together. And I wanted to just go through a couple of the things that you talk about in, the, in your book, Watchful Eyes, and you have this in your appendix, of uh, sharing how caregivers, if they're caring for somebody who is mentally challenged, kind of a guide that you have. And one of it was make him or her feel welcome and loved. That was critical. Very, it's, it's so important. I just want to say that there are today, even today and back in the day, a lot of people who, when they heard of someone being mentally ill, it was taboo. They didn't talk about it, and no one wanted to be around that loving, sick person. So I took it upon myself after I got over that, after I got over that 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 what I see now as being uh, 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 silly, after I got over that, I started to embrace my sister. I started to embrace my sister for who she was and who she is even now today. And my children, I wanted them to know that is, this, is, this is something that happens to people, and we have no control over it, and we must understand that people who are mentally ill, they didn't ask for the disease. Right, it's and they're not doing it on purpose. And one of the things you bring out in your book that I think is critical, too, is that it's important to get professional help. Find a treatment program. There's workshops. There's help out there. You don't have to do it alone. Because you, you, yes. we, when you're helping 
someone with a health issue, you need support. So, yes, that is so important, support. I didn't, for long, for many years, I didn't seek support because I figure I can do this on my own. But after going back to school, Cynthia, I realized there's a lot of wonderful, wonderful professional people out there who can help me and who have helped me after, you know, for Well, after and going back to suffering. school was very important for you. You were doing something for yourself, but at the same time, you were understanding her disease, you were understanding the diagnosis, which is a crucial part of being a caregiver. Absolutely, and it's so important to educate yourself. So education is extremely important. You need to know what is happening to your loved one in order for you to help your loved one. Because when you're in the dark, then that loved one is going to be in the dark. Everything is going to be in the dark. You ain't going to know what to do. So educating yourself is so important. And caregivers, that is the one thing among many is what they need to do is educate themselves you also talk, Sheila, about establishing some rules for structure. How do people do that? Basically, you, you, there's tough love. You have to, and I say it with a smile and I laugh about it because it's so important. People don't realize that you have to set rules and you have to provide that tough love. It's not, it's not that you're being cruel, it's that you want to help your loved one. Mm-hmm. So you have to set the rules. Now, for me, being that my sister was with me, we've been together, she was uh, 17, I was 24, we have a bond, and we were able to bond and come together. And as she grew, you know, got older, I was able to instill certain uh, rules, and she was able to abide by them. As long as the schizophrenia, as long as she maintained her medication, because there are very many episodes in your life where something would go awry with her, and you would realize she was not taking her medication. And that's another crucial thing that you bring out in the book. We're talking with author and caregiver Sheila Singleton. Her book is Watchful Eyes, a caregiver's companion. Is that there's help in the medication as long as you keep on that kind of medicated schedule. Absolutely. That's why I wrote about in my book the joy of medication because when I say the joy, it's joyful when you know that your loved one is stabilized, you see. And the medication, along with talk therapy, it's going to help the loved one and in return it's going to help you. Now, give me a couple, just as we're nearing the end here, how about burnout? Because I'm sure there were days where you thought you couldn't take it anymore. What did you do for yourself to help you keep going when the times got tough, Sheila? Basically, what I did, number one, I had to sit and I had to, and I prayed to God to give me. So having a spiritual life was really important. It's so important, having a spiritual life. And then, in addition to that, I would go and exercise. I would just bring the family together, let's cook. Even with Nancy, sometimes I feel like I had to bring her into this. You see, I had to just uh, try and, and talk with her and try and understand. So, But this burnout was hard for me in the beginning because I didn't know what was going on. But eventually when I started taking care of myself, I, I realized the burnout 
wasn't as bad, and it wasn't. And you, as, you know, I think you hit on something really important, Sheila. Is when you take care of yourself, then you have more energy and enthusiasm to take care of your loved one who really needs you. So, the reality about a caregiver is you have to take care of yourself first, so that you are healthy, and then that will give you the strength to take care of your, you know, him or her. I want to give out your website so people can find out more about you, find out more about caregiving. As Sheila said, she's there for everyone. You are queen caregiver. Her book is Watchful Eyes, Sheila Singleton. The website, carefreecaregiver.com. Sheila, will you just kind of wrap it up for us, um, maybe a final suggestion for anyone who's listening on what they could expect in being a caregiver or what would be the a tip that you would like to leave with our audience? Sure. I just want to say that caregiving is both a privilege and a heavy responsibility, and that's why it's so important for caregivers to, to take care of themselves take care of themselves, and also, more importantly, is for caregivers to find a support group, a support group. And so there, take care of yourself, find a support uh, group, and you too can be a loving caregiver. Pick up a copy of Sheila Singleton's book, Watchful Eyes. Visit her website, carefreecaregiver.com. Sheila, thank you so much for coming on the show to share your story and I just bow down to you for all these years, three decades of caring for your sister and, you know, really putting her needs out there to be so that she could be a healthy individual and live a decent life. Uh, You really are a saint, and thank you for doing that, and thank you for all you're doing for all the other people. And, Cynthia, thank you for giving me an opportunity, and I just want to say thank you to your listeners. Thank you, Sheila. Thank you. Sheila Singleton, Watchful Eyes, a caregiver's companion, carefreecaregiver.com. And I'm Cynthia Bryan, and you've been listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. For more information on the charity, visit bethestarur.org. To pick up any copies of the books I've written, Be the Star You Are or Be the Star You Are for Teens, Business of Show Business, Chicken Soup for the Gardener's Soul, Go to bethestarur.com. Until we celebrate next week, go out into the world, make it a great one, take a look in the mirror, admire yourself. You are a wonder of creation. Celebrate and be the star you are. Thanks for joining me. I'm Cynthia Bryan. We'll be together next week. Thanks again for listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. For more information about Be the Star You Are nonprofit corporation, please visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. That's BeTheStarYouAre.org. Join Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany again next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, here on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember, to be a leader, you must be a reader. Enjoy a stellar week. You're a secret.